Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. Cody Jansen pinch hitting for Brendan Escott who's uh, made his way back out to BC. I'm heading out to Wetaskiwin later today. Looking forward to seeing Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang popping in. Well, I don't actually know if I'm going to see them. I think I'm just going to see Uncle Milt for a trade-in. Is he my cohort? Uh, Anyhow, business. Uh, Orders now brought to you by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063 and text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. Lots of you have jumped in and chimed in. There's been some excellent text. I want to get to a couple more. Bob, the problem with what's going on right now, uh, World Juniors and the NHL can play, but I have to tell my 8-year-old that it's unsafe for him to play hockey even outside. That's a case of mixed messaging. Uh, another text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Colin says, uh, Bob, I flew Kelowna Friday morning and flew back Sunday afternoon. Flew to Kelowna Friday morning. Back uh, from uh, Kelowna Sunday afternoon, no unusual testing, just temperature check, no quarantine, way more open and free-flowing life out there than here in Alberta. There might have only been 12 people uh, on the plane Sunday coming back into Edmonton from Kelowna. So that one comes to us from call. We bring aboard Mark Spector for the horses in horse racing Alberta. And again, Mark, that, that's the thing. Like People are allowed to have opinion. You know, we can have strong opinion one way or the other. Not everybody has to agree with us. That's just the reality of the situation, which brings us to some hockey talk, because I have a feeling. I saw your piece again. Yeah, you're dogged. I'll say that about you. You're dogged about the Oilers' defense. <laughs> hey, Ken Holland brought it up himself, unasked. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's lots of things that get said a certain way that a guy can write a piece off. There's no question about that, Spec. So stay on that. Uh, you're relentless. You're like the dog of the proverbial bone. We know where we're at with Oscar Clefbaum. Mark, are you concerned? Now that we know 100%, and, and I'll be honest, Mark, for four months I've been under the guise, basically since the story broke, I think it was Jason Greger that actually broke it, uh, that uh, you know Clefbaum might not play this year. The Oilers ended up substantiating that to a certain degree. Well, now we know for sure he's out for the year. Are you concerned about the Oilers' D, Mark? Well, for sure. Like, I don't 
you know, losing 25 minutes, losing your top guy, and, and I've always said this, Oscar Clefbaum isn't the number one defenseman in the NHL, but he's Edmonton's number one defenseman. So uh, that's huge. It, that can't be overstated, right? Those 25 minutes, and, and when you look at you, people say, well, the next man up is Darnell Nurse on the left side. He'll make up a bunch of that. Well, Darnell Nurse played 23 minutes last year. So, you know, how many more minutes can Darnell Nurse play, right? Let's say he plays three more minutes. Well, there's still 22 minutes to get accounted for on that left side, and and a lot of that's going to fall to Caleb Jones, frankly. That's going to be where the pressure point is. And, you know, that's if we try to boil this down to a very focal point, really the the loss of Oscar Clefbaum is going to fall in a large, large way on Caleb Jones and a little less on Chris Russell. And, you know, can Caleb Jones handle it? Caleb Jones, what did he play last year, Bob? Was he like a 14-minute guy? I think he was 14 in the regular season and like 11 in the playoffs. Right. When he, so when now, he got in. Yeah. Sure. Can he be a 21-minute guy? No. He only played 40-some games in the league. Tw- so- uh my theory is twenty two for uh twenty two to twenty four for nurse. Uh say seventeen for Jones and seventeen for Russell. See maybe 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 sixteen to you know, fifteen, sixteen for Russell, because none of those three guys are gonna be on the first unit power play. That's gonna be Tyson Berry. So you are gonna have a situation five time then, right? right? And and also I'm gonna ask you about the deployment of the potential pairings. Obviously, we assume, and you saw a bit of urgency yesterday from Ken Holland on Ethan Bear. They need to get Bear signed here, don't they? Well, yeah, and it's a you know Ethan Bear is currently skating in Kelowna uh, with pros, so he's as ready as anybody else is. I'm not at all worried about whether he's ready to play, but uh, you know now that that Clefbaum is for sure the LTIR guy, and I'm sure that. Uh, uh, your next guest will be able to fill us in far more eloquently on all the Oilers' options. Um, yes. Hart Levine from Puckpedia uh, on this, but this will this could perhaps change. In fact, it could open up some some extra money in term for Ethan Bear that perhaps the Oilers weren't sure that they could offer before. Right now that they know Oscar Clefbaum is for sure not playing this year, and they've got four point one on LTIR. Uh, that may open the door to sign a different type of deal with Bear than Ken Holland thought about two weeks ago. Jeff in Orlando has texted the show spec. He says, Bob and Mark, uh, you and others have mentioned the Oilers signing an experienced left-shot defenseman. What about William Lagason? Don't the Oilers need to figure out if he can play in the NHL or not this year? Give him a chance. He could be a useful third-pairing shutdown D, and we don't want him to get away like other prospects the Oilers have developed and then let go to other organizations to flourish. Thank you, Jeff in Orlando, from, uh, for texting the show. I know we used to hear uh, from you a bunch of years ago. Um, i got to tell you, Mark, Frankly, I would prefer signing a veteran left shot defenseman. Uh, in a normal year, maybe it would be in a normal year I'd say, "Yeah, why not? Let's let's go 7 and 8 with uh, Lagason and Bouchard." Uh, in a COVID year, I'm saying, "Nope, go get yourself another get yourself another veteran defenseman at 750,000 or 800,000. Get yourself the Drake Kajula, Freddie Gauthier type up front on on left shot D." Uh just because I think you're going to need a little bit more support in place because the variance that is COVID. Agree or disagree with that perspective? Well, I don't know whether it's, you know, I don't know if COVID is my reason. Like, I guess I want to say to you, Bob, that if they have a 
you know, a big swath of COVID go through the team, you're going to be worried about more than one left defenseman. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of games in a shorter period of time. There's a crowded schedule, which means an injury that used to cost you three games might cost you five games now, let's say, or four games. So, you know, I want to say about William Legison, and like, there's different players. We always, uh, you and I agree on us on Jajar uh, Kara. You know, he's been around a long time, and he's failed to, to grab the ring here, and he's failed to really be the player that you think he can be. Like, I look at the guy, and I think, man, there's a good player there, and he's just he's not been able to become that guy. That's on him. William Lagus has been around for a while, and he hasn't grabbed the ring either and found a way to play on this team, but it's not on him. This team hasn't played him. They haven't even given him a shot. At, I'm not saying move him up to the top like people say with Paul Yarby, play him next to McDavid. I'm just saying give William Lagason some games. I don't know what kind of player he is, Bob. He hasn't played enough. He's come up, he sits in the press box. So it's, to me, it's time to make a decision on William Lagason, either play him or move him. But having him hang around as an eighth, ninth guy for the rest of his career is kind of stupid. They're getting nothing out of this asset. Is that fair? Uh, I, I think that's the perspective a guy can have, Mark. But again, I'm going to circle back to compressed schedule, COVID. I want more. Like one of the reasons why I'm fairly confident about what Edmonton can do up front is they've dramatically upgraded what they have up front. I mean, we talked about this, you and me, sitting there in Detroit back on October 29th of 2019, and the Oilers had McDavid with Drysettle and Cassian, R&H with Kara and Gagne, Haas with Neil and Chason, and Sheehan with Yurcho and Russell up front. And now... You got, you could theoretically go McDavid, RNH, and Cassian, Leon with Cahoon and Yamamoto, Turris with Innes and Poliarvi, Haas with Neil and Archibald, and you still got Kara and Chase on, and Nygaard, uh, and Patrick Russell. So you got way more depth up front. So I'm better about this, and I, and I think you're gonna need to add a defenseman mark just because of the compressed schedule and the unpredictability of COVID. That's, that's why I would have that extra D-man signed if it's me. Well, and I think it was Jim Matheson that floated Slater Cuckoo the other day. Totally makes sense. You know, a guy like that. Been around, played for some teams. And, you know, I, I'm not sitting on the in front of my computer right now looking at the RFA list or the UFA list, but it's a long one. You know, if it's a 750,000 defenseman you're looking ben for, it's played... Ben Hutton's sure, out that's there. played 200 right. games in the league. There's a bunch of those guys. I'd take Ben Hutton. I always kind of like Ben Hutton. I'm not sure... You know, Vancouver obviously didn't like him as much as I do, but um, there's lots of those guys. And, and uh, I think, again, with the Clef Bomb finality, you know, with the finality of the Clef Bomb news, uh, Ken Holland's going to have his cap sorted out here. And I uh, wouldn't at all be surprised to see exactly what you're talking about a veteran left shot defenseman come in. And, and you know what? If that means that William Lagason doesn't play, uh, then he doesn't play. I suspect, Bob, you're probably going to start losing that player. Certainly, if I was that player and I hung around this organization this long and they keep getting guys ahead of me, it tells me they don't believe in me and it's time for me to go elsewhere. That's, and who delivers you know, that message? Who, who delivers that message for William Lagason? Well, you have to deliver it. The minute they go replace, the minute they go out and get a Ben Hutton and play him ahead of me, the message is delivered. I don't need a freaking the, letter. The agent delivers <laughs> the uh, uh, the agent delivers the message spec. Just no. take a take a look at who the agent is for because uh, uh, he ended up getting himself a two year deal, did he not? 
Uh, now I'm going to have to go check. I don't remember, but uh, an agent that you're a fan of uh, has uh, uh, like, like it to me. The agent doesn't matter. If if they don't, this is listen. This, and I'm not going to criticize the owners if they go and get the left shot D. They know William Lagerson better than me. I haven't seen him play. I don't know much about him. All I ever do is watch him practice. So, so maybe they don't like him. Maybe they don't. I mean, they're, their guy, and that's I will fair. Get, that's I, what Colin thinks that's fair. I will give you a guy. Uh, Scott Housen was a guy that believed in William Legacy. I haven't, like, to be frank with you, I don't know what he can do at the NHL. How would I know what he could do at the NHL level? Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, 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 I don't know what this. I will tell you that when it comes to to Jones, Caleb Jones, I think, well, there's a guy. I watch the guy. He looks like he can play. And he's had some games, frankly, Mark, he had a game in Vancouver a couple years ago where he and, oh, now I'm going to forget the guy, uh, Gravel. Him and Gravel were paired together, and they outshot the Canucks 20-1 to when those two guys were on the ice. And I was thinking to myself, look, I know they're getting third-line matchups, but the puck's in Vancouver's end the whole time that they're out there. And I'm thinking, you know what? As a rule of thumb, if you're in the other team's end the entire time you're out there, that's probably a pretty good thing. Uh, by the way, Lagason did get a two-year contract. Mark, the first year of the deal, this upcoming season, is technically a two-way deal. So he could end up on the taxi squad. His minor salary is $275,000. Next year, he gets paid seven hundred and fifty on a one-way deal. So there you go. That's I would say that was a very effective contract negotiation. It's the guy out of Los Angeles that works for Octagon. The guy that uh, occasionally gets in uh, Gary's Grill once in a while. Alan Walsh. Alan Walsh. That's a good contract for Lagson, and if he signed it, he signed up to be an Edmonton order property for the next two years, and and he signed on the dotted line knowing exactly what the situation is, and you know what? Let's see what happens. But uh, I guess let's circle back and, and move on. If the question becomes, what do I think of, of uh, William Lagason as an NHL player? I agree with you, Bob. I don't have a clue what he is as an NHL player, and I wouldn't mind finding out one day. Mark, this text comes in saying no more veteran defense. Let's let Lagason get a shot here. Um... Uh, this text comes in, Bob, last spring during the return to play, you were talking about how Broberg was looking better than all the defense, even the vets. So why didn't he play, and why isn't he going to go to camp right now? Well, he's going to play for uh, Mark and me are going to see him. What tomorrow is Canada playing? Does Canada play Sweden tomorrow? Spec or is it Canada Russia? No Russia tomorrow. Canada Russia tomorrow. All right, but he's going to play in the tournament. But my understanding, Mark, is that he is going back to finish the season with Shaleftia in the SHL. And people say, "Well, why is that?" Now that's not one hundred percent set in stone, but it's my belief that that's going to be the case. Now, just to verify, you were down for those skates as well. You saw him in the scrimmage. He did stand out, didn't he? Especially in the first week. No, he was fabulous. So, listen, I know and, and Jim and I, Jim Masson and I had a little thing, uh, some laughs on Twitter uh, because I said they might keep him, and Jim said, no, I talked to Hall and they're not keeping him. Uh, listen, I know that it's Ken Holland's plan because of this goofy year and this taxi squad and all that, not to take a 19-year-old defenseman and have him in his lineup this year. I know his plan is to return uh, Philip Roberg to Schleftia when the World Junior is over. I get that. I've talked to Ken myself, and I've think that's very pragmatic 
But I guess the point I would raise to you, Bob, is nothing's written in stone. This kid's the captain of Team Sweden. What if he's the all-star defenseman in the tournament? What if he just knocks it out of the park here in this thing, and he's sitting there literally in the JW Marriott as the orders arrived for training camp? What do you think the chances are that Dave Tippett and Ken Holland might say, ah, you know what, let's give him a week of camp? Like, I'm not, you know, I've seen a lot of guys change their minds a lot of times here in hockey over the many years. And and I think that being here in Edmonton, Broberg might be able to play his way into this training camp, uh, no matter, you know, no matter what the plans are now that the World's Junior is about to start. Dustin, A.K. born in a Gretzky jersey, has texted the show to say, Jones played substantially more minutes when he stepped in once Clefbaum got hurt. His average ice time doesn't account for him killing his 20 minutes per game with Larson against top competition. To me, the key is to seeing if Jones can replicate the success over a longer period of time, and I think he's a good bet to do so. Most of the analytics guys out there, Mark, like Caleb Jones. They think there's something. I like his athleticism, and I like how far he's come okay because i know the challenges he had in his first year in the minors and the, the maturation that's why you know what like people need to remember what it's like to be 19 and 20 and 21 again and to think of some of the stupid crap you did back at that age and think of where you get to at 23 24 25 because you're not you know mark messier wasn't the you know the mark messier that we think of at you know, leading the Oilers to the cup in eighty nine ninety or the Rangers to the cup in ninety three ninety four, he wasn't that guy at twenty. You know, guys grow, and, and I'm not saying I'm not saying Jones is going to even be a top four D, but I too am intrigued by what uh, Caleb Jones might be able to do. Mark, who should he play with? What would you do with the pairings? Like, let's assume we're going to keep Nurse and Bear together. What else would you go with? Well, he can play with Larson, I would think, but Larson has to play well. Like I want, I want a young Caleb Jones with a steady Adam Larson. Okay, if Larson comes in and, and is struggling, and we've seen him struggle a little bit last season, uh, what you know, the one thing that might break Caleb Jones' opportunity to continue to to push the, the ball uphill here, the way his career is going, is if you could put him out there with a guy who's not stable and not playing well. He does, he can't handle that. He doesn't need that. So, my I started with Adam Larson. And Larson should be a steadying influence. Larson should be a, a solid, steady, help a young guy grow, teach him the game type of partner. I think he'd be a perfect partner for Caleb Jones, but Larson's got to be up to the task. Would you contemplate playing Russell and Larson together on a shutdown pairing? Uh, I would contemplate it. And then you play uh, what? Barry with uh, Jones. You're going to play Barry in, with Jones? In a, yeah, transition, in, in a transition pairing. I think the last thing Caleb Jones needs is a partner that makes him have to be the responsible one. Uh, that's not, I think Caleb Jones needs to play with a Chris Russell, with an Adam Larson, with a veteran, solid guy who's very strong at his own end. Uh, I got nothing against Tyson Berry, but I don't think he matches well with a rookie try, coming in trying to figure out the NHL game. Okay. I'm going to be intrigued to see what Jim Playfair and the Oilers' defense, uh, you know, the coaching staff decides to do with the defense. I had somebody in hockey say to me point blank, Spec, if I was the Oilers, I'd line up Jones with Barry, transition D. Uh, my first penalty killing unit on defense would be Russell with Larson, and I'd keep them playing together 5v5 as well. I brought that up with another person in the business, and they said, who, who transitions the puck out of the zone if Russell and Larson are playing together? Not exactly, you know. 
There you go. Not exactly um, mm-hmm. their area of strength. I think he kind of got two offensive guys-ish. I mean, you know, less defensive. And then two stay-at-home guys. I, I Personally, and it's, it's tomato-tomato here, but personally, I like my stay-at-home guy with a guy who can skate it and move it. Uh, I don't need to play two stay-at-home guys together. Mark, this is your last appearance before Christmas. Uh, you are, uh, we are going to do a show, uh, on the 29th. Uh, I will tell you we have a special guest lined up at 1210 that day. Uh, but, uh, we'll get you next Tuesday if you can. And I know we're working around the, uh, World Juniors. I'll see you down, uh, tomorrow afternoon down at Rogers Place for that game. You can, uh, say hi to me behind the mask and stay away from me. Uh, but, uh, you did a great job of, uh, uh of representing, uh, the force out there. So congratulations on that. That was, that that was a good. That, that was sort of like old times. Uh, I certainly appreciate and empathize with the position that you were coming from. And and again, Mark, you know my feeling. I just just like we don't uh, uh, envy the position that politicians are in that are having to make the decisions dealing with COVID. There isn't a lot of days that go by where I look at uh, the guys that end up guys and gals that end up in our police force and think to myself, "Man, that's a tough job." No question about it. So, uh, good stuff. Hey, yeah. Spec. I want to go for it. Uh, Merry Christmas to uh, Jeff Robillard up at the Horse Racing Alberta and the good people there that uh, keep the show rolling, and all the listeners out there who give us all this grief. Uh, what the hell? It wouldn't be any fun without you. So, <laughs> Mark, today there were Merry a lot Christmas of Christmas pl- to them, and Merry Christmas to you, Bob, and yep. uh, to everybody at Chad who's making this show work. There you go. A lot of platitudes for you today, Spec. It wasn't as much grief as normal. Look at it that way. Great stuff. <laughs> All right. Take care. When we come back for Greta Barr, we're going to get into Little Oilers Now trivia. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You're listening to Oilers now on 630 Chad. 630 Chad, the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers and the EE football team. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, it's that time. Bob Stoffer, Cody Jansen with you in Oilers now. We are going to go into Oilers now. Trivia up for grabs a $50 gaming credit to Greta Bar. Greta Bar. Greta Global Street Food, uh, Greta Bar, eat, drink, and play once, uh, obviously things open up. Greta Bar will be back up in Adam as well. This is going to tie into this day in Oilers history. The Edmonton Oilers on the state, uh, going back a couple of years ago, lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning, six to three. It was uh, a unique run. The Oilers uh, fired Todd McClellan, brought in Ken Hitchcock. He started 9-2-2 as head coach of the Edmonton Oilers hockey team. The Oilers had a five-game homestand. You thought they had a chance to make some A. Uh, On this date, they lost 6-3. 
to Tampa Bay. That was the second of the five games on the homestand. How many of the five games on that five-game homestand did the Edmonton Oilers win? So the answer obviously is either five, four, three, two, one, or zero. And I've already told you that they lost the first two games of the homestand. So you know they couldn't have won more the three games. So 780-496-0063. Give us a call on the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. And uh, Cody will uh, await for the call for the correct answer of the Oilers. Five-game homestand after Hitch started 9-2-2 two and two as Oilers head coach. How many of the games did the Oilers win during the uh, 2018-19 season during this stretch? We will... Uh, Tell you, there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetasco, an outstanding customer service, key to business as well. Brent Rich Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. The year-end event is currently taking place down at Brent Ridge. they got great people, great service, fully open, transparent, so let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge lend a hand by calling at 1-877-477-3673 or visit brentridge.com. Again, Oilers now trivia. How many games in the five-game homestand that Edmonton had after Hitch started 9-2-2 and did the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club win a couple years ago? On this date, they lost 6-3 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. That was game two of the five-game stand. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, Hart Levine will join us from Puckpedia. This guy knows his stuff on how the salary cap will work. We'll hit on a lot of the sort of contingencies in place for the NHL's return to play. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.